What if I told you that there are things that you can do that will actually reduce the likelihood that other people let you down? This is Walking Your Talk, a podcast about leadership, authenticity, and courage. I'm Carolyn Taylor. Over my career, I've worked with well over 100,000 leaders in every kind of organization. People who are committed to closing the gap between their own values and those of their organization and how they show up every day. I wrote a book called Walking the Talk on how you change corporate culture, but this is much more personal. If you want to be known as someone who walks their talk, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to this week's episode, where we're going to explore in depth the fourth and last role that has to be mastered if you're going to walk your talk on accountability. When you're the asker and you're asking someone else to deliver something to you and to be accountable to you, it really helps to get very good at holding others to account. I come across quite a lot of people who seem to spend half their life complaining about how other people have disappointed them or are non-performers. Sometimes a client will say to me, oh, my whole team is not performing. And they say it as if somehow I should be feeling sorry for them and that it's nothing to do with them. And of course, my first thought when I hear people like that is, ooh, I wonder if you're so good at holding people to account. Because what they don't even realize that in fact, by blaming their team, they're actually pointing a finger back at themselves. Maybe you slip into that sometimes. I know I do. Actually, just last week, I remember sitting down at home and talking to my husband about how frustrated I was that a particular contract hadn't been signed. That was until he reminded me, of course, that... Um, Maybe I hadn't been clear enough that it really was important to me. That's the trouble with having somebody who knows this material living at home. They they don't allow you to get away with it for very long. So let's assume that you've asked someone to do something for you or to do something on behalf of your company, or at least you think you have. And you think that, you know, they understood and committed to that. And then that something doesn't get delivered and you're feeling frustrated. So I think the first thing to do is actually to ask that person whether they thought that they had made that commitment. Because sometimes the problem sits right there. They had come away from the conversation with a different expectation. Now, that obviously is frustrating for you. But if that's the case, there's no point in getting really angry about the fact that they haven't delivered. It's more about, okay, what do we need to do to get clearer on expectations? So when you are in the role of holding someone to account, I like to consider that I have 100% responsibility for making sure that gets delivered. And also the other person has 100% responsibility for delivering it. Now, I know that you, know, you can't have 200%, but I find it useful to think about it in that way because it reminds me that how other people deliver to me, what I get back is strongly influenced by what I put into it, that I can't disassociate myself from whether or not things get delivered when I want them. So what do we have to do? First thing is good follow-up, following up regularly. I know that for me, there are some people who I really don't need to do anything once they've made a commitment. I know they're going to deliver. And there are other people in my life who I do need to give a little bit of a nudge. So I actually do think it's useful to do an assessment of the people, the people who are on your list of people who have to deliver to you. Which of them do you really trust? Which of them have let you down in the past on a commitment? Or maybe they're new or inexperienced. 
So you have in your mind those people that if you're going to be 100% responsible for getting the thing done, that you will need to follow up with. Following up can be really a positive experience. It doesn't have to be haranguing them. You know, it's just a little check. Do you need any help? How's it going? Where are you up to? Do we need to talk about anything? You know, that kind of conversation will just avoid you a lot of pain later on down the track. Especially if you're boss, I think that's a you know, very appropriate conversation. It's almost like a coaching conversation that you can have. So then the next phase comes when the due date actually arrives and nothing appears. That's, of course, when you need to remind them of the promise, check that they have the same understanding, and then be very careful what you settle for. Because what tends to happen at this point is people start giving you what I like to call reasonable reasons. So they will come up with great stories about why they weren't able to deliver. And the stories that you accept will tend to be the stories you will get next time. I remember with my kids, when I'd been away, because I used to work and often I'd have to be away for a day or two, and I'd come back and you know, something hadn't been done. I don't know, homework hadn't been done or the room hadn't been tidied or something. And sometimes one of them would say, oh, but I was feeling so sad because you were away. And then of course I felt madly guilty and we kind of somehow bypassed the whole thing about whether the room was done or not. Of course, you know, I mean, any of you who've got kids will know that once a kid has worked out a particular excuse that you're going to accept, they'll probably give it to you again. So you get what you settle for on this one. So you've got to be very careful about that because this is the opportunity to actually express that it wasn't okay that somebody didn't keep their word and that although there may have been something come up, you do expect them at the very least to have honored the commitment by coming back and telling you ahead of time. And secondly, actually to be more active and more committed perhaps in finding a way of overcoming those problems rather than just giving them as an excuse for not delivering. So your skill in fact is how can you help people be more responsible around you next time? and learn, for example, that you're not really somebody who accepts excuses. I had a particular cab driver that I used to call to, to take me to airports, and um, he would often end up being late. And he would say, oh, I'm so sorry I'm late. You know, the traffic was bad. And I'm going, just a minute, this is your entire job. Your entire job is to anticipate traffic and get to people on time so that, you know, they make it to their flights. And you're telling me that you were late because the traffic was bad? Nah, I'm not certain I'm going to buy that. So I would sort of find various ways to push back and say, yeah, but you know, maybe you could have anticipated it more. And everyone, of course, is a bit shocked when you do that. But I think it goes in somewhere. I think people remember those things. And maybe next time they're a little bit more cautious around you. And I think that does help people to actually get better at delivering on their promises. So as you can see, there's quite a few things that you can do that actually mean that you are more likely to be someone to whom people keep their word. And that means, of course, that you will create an environment around you, a culture around you of accountability, not only your own accountability in terms of what you're able to deliver, partly, of course, because the people around you delivered to you, but also in everybody else who starts lifting their game because you're demanding that of them. And the very last piece of this holding to account phase is consequences. First of all, I just want to say that in my mind, consequences are both positive and negative. The word consequences tend to fill people with dread, but there are positive consequences. So maybe it's a thank you, maybe it's a reward, it's a bonus, it's a tip. Maybe it's that you're giving somebody more opportunities, that you come back and offer them more work because 
You like working with someone who you know will deliver. It may be that you just recognize them, that you say to them, you know, I just really appreciate it that you are somebody on whose word I can depend, that you actually are a person of your word. People like that. So encouraging the behavior you want is actually one of the fundamentals of actually influencing the behavior of other people. So encouraging it when you see accountability, absolutely sure. The other piece then are the, the more negative consequences. And I, and I do think that this takes courage, you know. We don't want to bother people. We don't want to create a fuss. We don't want to be seen as too pushy. Personally, I have all sorts of beliefs that run through my mind that make this awkward to me. You know, maybe it's my English upbringing, but I've found people from all sorts of different countries who have the same issues. It is something that we don't like doing. And then often when we do enact consequence, we do it in a very kind of brusque, almost brutal way because we're so awkward about it. So consequences needs a lot of thought, but what you tolerate will actually end up being what you get. So if you do want to create accountability in others, if you want to create a culture of accountability, if you have the ability to influence a whole team maybe, or even an organization, then there has to be consequences for behaviors that you don't like. People immediately go to, oh, well, that must mean we're going to fire somebody. It doesn't necessarily obviously mean anything nearly as dramatic as that. Sometimes it's just actually, that was not acceptable to me. It was not okay that you didn't deliver. But people need to know that you know that they didn't deliver and you're not happy about it. So the exercise for this week is to really work on this idea of what do I settle for? To notice, to write down even if you want to journal these things. Where were the times when people gave me an excuse for not delivering and I was tempted to settle for it or I did settle for it? And when you didn't settle for it, how did you give that feedback? What were the consequences that you enacted? So just really become conscious about that whole process. So that's the last of the series of episodes that I wanted to do on accountability. And I want to leave you with this thought. It's as if keeping your word, it's almost like an old-fashioned idea. I'm a person of my word. I can hold others to account. There's all this talk about empowerment and freedom and people being a bit more loosey-goosey about stuff, but I actually think that it's a fundamental of building trust between human beings, between you and another person. It's quite an intimate relationship. And when you start to become someone who does keep your word, it feels really good. Sometimes even when the other person doesn't notice, that becomes a little goal that you've set yourself. I am going to be that person. I'm going to be known for that. So I hope this series has really helped you with some ideas on how to do that. And I look forward to welcoming you next week when we start a new series. Thank you very much for joining me and goodbye for now.